My father, he thinks I'm insane. From the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time. You claimed you traveled to this place, Wonderland. You fell in love with the genie. I'm gonna find him. She's not the Alice you thought you knew. I sense that you can take care of yourself. Thursday, the search for her lost love begins. All right, Baba, take your home. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Series premiere Thursday at 8, 7 central. Followed by an all-new Grey's Anatomy and Scandal on ABC. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revolution After Show. Ha! What's going on? Bing is for doing. I'm your host, Megan Thomas, and you're watching the Revolution After Show for Season 2, Episode 3, A Love Story. It's a love story. Don't ever sing again in your life. Oh, that's how you feel? Yes. I I thought I hit pretty (laughs) nice. You see that one, two note? Oh, Lord. You look nice. Hey, you know, I try to clean out well every now and then. Me too. I'm representing Kentucky today. Whoop, whoop. I know. You almost matched with the blue, kind of, sort of. Nope. Sorry. Well, let's get into it this episode. Um, I'm starting to like this season a lot more than first season. I think this season has a lot of different surprises and right. stuff to where like you never know what's really going to happen, but you kind of anticipate a lot of things to right. happen, and everybody have like their own storyline right now. Which last season, yeah, everybody's kind of like, oh, we're just trying to figure out get the tower twelve, let's get the um, the lights turned back on. But now it's like everybody have their own storyline, right? But I think this time it's before. I feel like they kind of crossed a little bit sooner in the in the season now I think their storylines are not going to cross until later in the season I agree you see what I mean because they're all putting the pieces together so it's getting a little closer yeah so let's get into it the beginning of this episode starts with our favorite creeper Titus Andover (laughs) yeah and we find out that his wife is on dialysis because she suffered renal failure yeah um which because she has diabetes and it's really creepy because you, did you know in real life you can actually do a human dialysis by like transferring blood like that, like yeah. straight out of somebody's body? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Am I slow? Like, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not that you're slow, but I can. It's, it's pretty much like a blood transfusion. You know, you just kind of circle out. You kind of take out the old, and put in something new. No, but I'm saying you're not putting in new, like you're well, not putting like, in good clean it's, blood it's into new the for the person. No, I'm saying, but the person usually when you do like when you do that in now, like the person doesn't die, the donor giver, I the mean, giver of the blood have doesn't more die. Than one person's giving blood. It's have one person. It's like Megan. I need your blood. Sorry, you're gonna die tomorrow. Okay, but I'm saying, I don't know. Just bleed him dry. So anyway, that's exactly what Titus is doing, and it's really creepy because if you think about it, his poor wife Jessica. You know, I could tell right off the bat that she wasn't okay with this because if you notice, Titus like kisses her hand, like, "Oh, my wife Jessica, I love she's her." Like, Get and off she's me. just like, mm. and I was like, "Oh, I guess she doesn't want to live." But I mean, if you think about it, 
every day somebody dies next to her. But I think more so just with, so she can live. with her, it's more pain and suffering with her because you got to understand how weak she feels because she hasn't been out the bed probably for a couple of years now. And and like you said, every single time for her to kind of continue to live, she has, somebody has to die. She has to sit and watch someone else die as they pump their blood out of their body into her body. But again, she don't have the strength to do anything. She's probably being fed. She probably had bed sores. Who knows? Because she's probably just laying in the bed helplessly each and every single day doing what nothing right well at least if the lights go out we know that uh and if we need dialysis we know how to do it uh hopefully you get it correct (laughs) (laughs) i think i would just rather die like she says later on um and then we see that rachel and company which includes her father and and two guys from the town come to rescue miles here's a question that i have how do you know where they are yeah this episode i will say there's a lot of times in this episode i was like hold on wait a minute yeah we'll like, get into that later but she, how does she know to go into that big storm drain thing yeah. and she knows where it leads and she opens it up and she sees them in there how does she I know mean, that but at the same time you have to also look at the townspeople been there for quite some time since, okay. the, since the lights True. went out so i'm pretty sure they have already like explored the surrounding areas and from that they probably knew like hey if we go in here It'll basically take us into the camp, not knowing if Miles was in there or not, but more more or less Stu was in there or not because, hey, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's kind of weird saying Stu. But, you know, the family part, her father and company probably already say, hey, we can go here and it'll get us into the camp. Right. And we'll basically search for Miles there. But just so happened, Miles was at the location where the drainage, the drainage pipe came up, so which was a great thing. Right, and uh, we almost see that. I think this is the first time that we get to see Miles in a very vulnerable state because he's always a strong guy. Uh, he's never. I think he's honestly scared. Once he realizes what's going to happen to him, he's scared. He and, don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it, well, no, I mean, I'm saying once he knows that he is now being used as a human dialysis, oh, yeah. like if, you can see the fear in his eyes. Yeah, but I would too. I mean, yeah, but he's just with us. he's been in in other situations where he's about to die, but he's always been like pretty strong about it. He had no control of the situation. I mean, that's what anybody if you do not have control of the situation, you're not you're not gonna know what's gonna happen. And right. so most for I'll fear for my life too. I'll probably shed a tear or something. <laughs> you shed a tear, just yeah. one single tear, cry yeah, baby. Be okay. like, I'm gone tonight. Oh my gosh. Okay, so as they're pumping the blood out of Miles, Rachel conveniently. Slips in the storm drain, lifts it up Aye. like a groundhog. She was like a great spy. And yes, and they come in there and she's fierce. She she doesn't want anybody messing with her, her man. I think so she's she, in like, love. She is. That's she's why this love. is called the love story episode. She's definitely in love. Yes. Um, and so Miles does something very smart, I think. He says we have to take if there's if we if there's any chance that Willoughby makes it through the night, we must take Jessica. It's almost like a hostage situation. So I kind of, he has upper hand because if you have Jessica, he know that Titus do anything to help and save her because again, this is his wife. This is his love. And and that's pretty much one of the other love stories that's kind of expressed in the whole episode is that here's a love story where Titus is doing any and everything to keep his wife alive, even right. though she don't want to be alive, but he's still doing any and everything to keep her alive. So I guess, uh, Miles just feel if we take her, we have the upper advantage for him not to attack the, the town, for him, for we can actually be saved. Right. But that's, that's some creepy love. I'm sorry. I, I'm just so creeped out about Titus because I think this is the first time that you see in, in, in the entire revolution series that 
this is a truly evil person. He's really, he's like, like a pedophile maybe, you know, and he's just, he's psycho. He's got a couple screws loose. So this is what happens when you don't have, when you don't have a real jail and justice system to put people like him away. Yeah. And, you know, they're on the streets. He's basically got a cult slash war clan. Kinda. And did you see him painting the cherub? He was like, yeah. that was a, ch- he's crazy. I'm scared of him. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. He's like he's he's so scary, and so of course you know they they free Sarah by the way. Yes. Do you think they should have went and freed Sarah before they left? Again, Miles just being the nice, generous individual. Yeah. The first time he got his hand broken because he tried to go back and save her, just because he he felt, uh, whatever you know. Again, like if I got my hand broken the first time, I probably wouldn't save her the second. Time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I was sorry, like, you know Sarah, what? You wouldn't have made it. Hey, gotta go. You got a broken hand now because of you. Because I try to right. save you. Right. So of course they get out. Um, and I will say that they they did pretty well. I will say that I, I didn't think they were gonna get out, but I'm glad they did. So if you like adventurous stories just like this one, make sure on Thursday, October 10th. At seven eight, oh, excuse me, eight seven central. You tune into ABC for Once Upon a Time. What is it, Wonderland? I want to make yeah. sure I say it right. Once Upon a Time, Wonderland. Yes. Now, if you're a fan of the series Once Upon a Time, this is kind of an offshoot of it, and it's talking about Alice in uh, Wonderland. Yes, but interesting. It's, it's not your typical Alice in I Wonderland. Think there's gonna be a lot of scary um, moments in there. I think so too. So, of course, Alice embarks on her most dangerous and mysterious journey yet back to Wonderland to rescue her boo thing, her one true love, <laughs> who's being held captive by the Red Queen and Jafar. And for any of you who know anything about Disney, about, you know, the children's movies, Jafar is from Aladdin. Yeah. So they're merging stories. So it should be very, very interesting and some Great people, great actresses and actors are in this um, series. Sophie Lowe, Naveen Andrews from Lost has made his way yep. into this. And also, also John Lithgow as the White Rabbit. So I'm excited to watch this. It's going to be very good. I mean, I, I love Once Upon a Time. So it's right. going to be kind of like different to actually interesting to see a spinoff with Alice in Wonderland. I know. I'm going to watch it. So make sure you tune in Thursday, October 10th at 8, 7 central on ABC for Once Upon a Time Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you should also tune in to the Afterbus TV after show for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yes, they should definitely do that. And why should they do that, Marissa? Because we're going to be covering it here <laughs> at Afterbus TV right. Friday nights at 730 Pacific Standard Time for the after show. So tune in for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland tomorrow when it first airs October 10th and then tune in to After Buzz TV to watch the after show. Right. Yes. I like it. I'm excited. I'll be watching both of those. I will. Yeah, so let's keep the story moving and next we have um, <laughs> Edgar Crane and his yeah. son Nate otherwise <laughs> known as uh, Major Jason, Neville and yeah. Jason and of course, you know, he's he's been saying that he wants to get back at these patriots because he knows they're lying and he knows yeah. they had something to do with the fact that his wife died but of course but of course and so he mean you know he's always been serious but i think i take him even more serious now because he burns the picture of his wife he's like yo this is they can't know you know like this is why i'm carrying this around yes he's serious but at the same time you also have to look at it to burn a picture of your wife um, I think anybody can have a picture of their wife and they, and they have no association being a rebel, just just out of just memory 
overall. And I think that was just kind of his idea of saying, Jason, I'm really serious about what we're about to do right now to infiltrate the U.S. government and and basically to get on their great side, to their good side, and work our way up so I can actually find out who set off the, the nuclear weapon. Right. Me, personally, I wouldn't have run a picture of my wife because I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I miss her. That's probably the last picture he has of her, Exactly. Too. So now but I, I think that just goes to show you how crazy and how on a mission he is to make yes. sure that his wife is avenged. Um, and so we see that, of course, you know, we, we saw that he shot the the guy who was supposed to be helping them. And so now he has gotten the the trust or so he thinks. Yes. Of the U.S. government um, with Justine Allenford. And next thing you know, he and his son, Nate. Yes. Get jumped. Yes. And they get taken to a second location. And of course, you know, as, as great as Jason Neville is, he pulls the gun. And I thought he was doing good. Like, yeah, Jason, go. You got the gun. You're going to kill the guys who's jumping <laughs> you. But his dad already knows. Major Neville's smart. He's very I mean, smart. But you got to look at he's He's been in the militia for so long. So right. he kind of knows the tactics of what, what's happening and right. what he should and shouldn't do. I mean, Jason's kind of a young boy being who was mentored by his father in a way, but kind of put into combat you know, forcefully, but he really don't know the ins and out of what, what, um, how the military actually work. So Major Neville, he's just kind of just feeling his way out, knowing that they were not, they're not going to kill him. Cause as you can see, when he's basically talking to the, the sergeant, we try to convince him, like, hey, I'm not against you. I'm just against, you know, the person who actually set out the nuclear weapon. Right. Sebastian set out the nuclear weapon. So I'm after him. With, they know it was kind of like, uh, we really don't believe you and he's about to kill him, but he got saved. Right. And I think that is it. Let's talk about that for a second. The, the story that he, the most, the vivid story that he tells about his wife getting burned, incinerated by yeah. this atomic bomb. It's, it's almost creepy in a way, in a sense, because he gives so much detail. And I think the story is true. I think he, he literally does sit there and think about how his wife, you know, is sitting, reading yes. a book and she gets burned up. He really feels that. And you see that in his eyes and he's crying. And I believe him. I thought the guy that was getting ready to shoot him, I thought he believed him too. But I think it's more so but then we see because he, he was so in, in depth with the story. It, it's kind of unbelievable. Right. So, I mean, me personally, if I would have saw that, it's like, yeah, great, but still you're a traitor. Which is true. And that's kind of been his, his, the thorn in his side. He's jumped ship. I don't know how many times. I can't even count. Um, but the fact that they also know the U.S. government knows that he's really Major Neville. How do they know that? I mean, I guess again, as you can see further along in the episode where he's probably had a bounty on his head also. And they probably actually know who's working with who or they had spies in these camp for such a long time. Right. So they kinda know who's who. And just off a of description, you can tell, okay, this mm -mm -mm. person, this is how he stand. You know. So I just think mm. that's what it is. Mm -mm. The government is sneaky. And they're corrupt, right. Like they you know, here people are without electricity and of course they have it because, you know, they were in cahoots with Randall who had electricity the whole time. So uh, there's just it, it makes me really mad. I'm sorry. It does because the government probably really does work like this. <laughs> the shutdown the, the mess. The secret government. Right. And so, um, he gives them a convincing story that he definitely wants to still, he believes just like they do that Monroe set the bombs off. Yes. And that's why his wife died and he wants to get back at Monroe. He's very convincing. I will say that. And I think that's why Justine Allenford says, don't shoot him. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him, but. 
You know, I think he's legit. But I think the backstory behind that is that she knows that he's such a great um, craftsman and he has such a great skill as being a a military guy. Right. So that's why she's willing to keep him but separate him because I think she's going to play him just as well as he tries to play her to to get into rank and to really kill the um the top U.S. government official because he know that they they are the one who set out the bomb. So I think he gonna kind of, they're gonna kind of use Jason as a hostage situation because again, if we separate them, now it's like, well, my wife is gone and my son is gone. What are, I'm at the mercy of Miss Justine. And I don't like how Justine says to him that um, he he asks about his son. He says, "What about Jason?" And she says, "We've got plans for him." Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, it's fine." That's fine. Whatever we need to do. I feel like he just pimped his son out <laughs> to the U.S. government. I mean, at the end of the day, he on a mission. He doesn't really care. No, I think he does care, though. This is his last piece of his wife is his son. He really, and, and he's shown us in the past that he does love Jason. Now, it's, yeah. is it tough love? Yes. Is it a little screwed up? Yes. But I think he really does love Jason. But he had to play, like, whatever we have to do to get it done. I just don't know what they're going to do to Jason. They, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to play Jason against him. They're going to use Jason right. to have Major Neville to do certain things. Whether they have him go go back out to try to find Miles or Rachel or Sebastian Monroe and they keep them keep him there hostage. Right. And he become a bounty hunter right. for them. So you never know. We're going to see what happens. I just don't. I don't why do you think they need? All, why do you think they want Rachel alive? They want Monroe alive? Well, of course, I think I know why they want Monroe alive because they want to make an example and show everybody, look, we found the terrorist and we're going to kill him. And, you know, you guys are safe because of us. But why do you think they want Rachel? Because Rachel knows the story about the power being off because you must, you must realize her and Randall work together. He, right. he told he has told everything that he knew about the power and why the power went off, who designed the program. So wanting Rachel as, you know, I want you to help us. And I think that's why they, that's why it's like, oh, well, don't kill him. It's like, just like uh, the bounty hunt. Don't kill Sebastian Monroe. I need him alive. And I think they're going to use him as like, oh, he did it. He's but the yeah, fall guy. Yeah, he's the fall guy. So I get him. But Rachel, though, why do they need her? Because I feel like this. Intelligence. For intelligence purposes? Why would they yes. just, they, I feel like they're the reason. They knew how they screwed it up themselves. But she created On it. purpose. I know. But I'm saying, why don't they just kill her? No, because they're going to need her to re-put the power back on. Ah, for their evil schemes. Huh? Takeover. It's the evil takeover. It's the takeover. So, yes. So, we go back to Willoughby, Texas, and we see that, um, of course, Miles and company makes it back to the camp with uh, Jessica, yes. Titus Andover's wife. And we see, first of all, how did the War Clan get to will like get right back to the camp pretty shortly after fast moving after miles on foot but you know time kind of traveling on tv hours pass right so let's just say that let's just hope the hours pass because it really does seem very quick Mm -hmm. by the time miles gets back on a horse yes they're like shortly behind him on foot doesn't make sense so we'll just pretend that the time really passed like it was afternoon or something Mm -hmm. and so um we also see aaron um with cynthia and he tells her the truth about the nanites and that's the reason why the power went off and you know and she says to him you know even though if you don't she believes it's 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 divine power that brought him back and he's you know she's really trying to explain that to him that there's a reason somebody call it the nanites whatever somebody wants (laughs) you alive and you've been chosen do you think he's been chosen i mean i think it's just no 
I don't know. <laughs> Why? Are you an agnostic <laughs> Jew from Minnesota, like he said? No. But I think the thing about it is he he had he has already seen the capability of the nan the nanites and right. the whole thing because again in the first season when Rachel broke her leg, she put the chip in her leg, she grew a whole entire new leg, and the whole division of the whole nanites why the nanites was the reason why the power went out. So he kind of understands what's happening. But yeah, look at it, he's a geek. She right, so a, he's he has to make logical sense out of it. I guess yes, she's just a regular citizen who just thinks like, oh well, you know, maybe you're kind of like selected to be our savior or our, or someone to lead us. He's but like in Jesus, huh? He's like Jesus was a Jew, so he's Jesus. He's like modern day Jesus. But in actuality, <laughs> he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Let's not talk about it. Let's talk about something more important. Right, I, but I do think there is some truth to that. I I will say it's different how now. Um, Revolution has taken somewhat of a supernatural spin. Kinda. Right. Because now you see the stuff happening. There's the, the, you know, we saw the carpet of rats. Yes. And we see that, you know, the lightning bugs are, are joining forces in a weird way. So I think it's kind of taken a, but it's kind of weird way. though. You have to kind of look at it because you have, everything supernatural that's happened is between Rachel and Aaron in that whole, like, family or origin of, of the nation of Texas. But when you look at everywhere else, those type of supernatural things are not happening anywhere else. So are you thinking it's because they had exposure to Tower 12 and the Nanites or just because it's, it's just around them? I don't know. I think they might have the Nanite technology within their bodies. Yeah. Which helps them. I don't know. I think that's probably why um, Aaron probably came back alive because of that. Or he could just be a modern day Jesus, like Cynthia says, basically. I mean, he, in he, so has many words. he has a beard. He has a beard. That's what I can say. Right. So we see that the townspeople are scurrying because Miles makes them a deal. Yes. Um, which I think is. I think it's a fair deal. Let everybody go free. Don't harm them, and I'll. You'll have me and your wife, Titus. You can take us both. Do you think it's a fair trade? Anything with Miles is a fair trade. Because he's gonna figure a way how to escape. But you also gotta look at it before that even happened, you know, he's like he's like, Hey, I wanna see my wife and she's like, Well, she goes to go see him and you know, she's barely half strength and all that and they kinda pan back to her and she's like, Hey, I don't wanna go back to him because you know, he's Pretty much because he he's killing everybody. I'm tired of living. He's a, he's a mean, devilish type of guy. I don't want to go back on because I don't want to suffer. Right, and I think she's suffering psychologically more than she is physically. Oh yeah, that I think it's it's worse. And of course, he was a crazy weirdo beforehand. She's probably trying to leave him <laughs> before, and then luck would have it she gets struck with diabetes yeah. and renal failure. You'd probably rather if die. that's not enough like that's yeah. the ladies live the tough life yeah but as, <laughs> as you can see that you know she don't want to be there so what does she do she kills herself right she kills herself well before we get to that though we'll talk about that in a second uh. so of course um titus is like okay it's i need to know that she's alive let me see her he sees her she's good to go then they take her and they push her off to the side and um they put her in the house and Here's a question I have. How, of course, Titus is saying, tells his scout, go in there, find my wife, do something, do some scouting. So the scout like jumps over fences and does some real it's samurai. Acrobatic. Yeah, acrobatic samurai circus stuff. And how does he find the house? How does he know which house she's in? We have to thank the writers. Thank you, writers. Thank you, Eric 
Kripke for <laughs> making that make sense. I, I don't understand. How does he know? There's There's got to be a bunch of houses in Willoughby. He clearly didn't go look in each one of them. He's, I, I don't know. It this doesn't is, make sense to me. This is the thing about the whole ninja act with the scout. First of all, uh, he's running on top of all these other houses. Nobody sees him at all or hear anything at all. There are 10 houses. You're going to hear every time you walk across. No, but I'm saying everybody's scurrying for the, when, when at, you're trying to say, you've no, never lived anywhere else but Willoughby, on Texas. Top of a 10 house? Okay, but I'm saying he's never lived anywhere else except for. All these people yeah. have been born and raised in Willoughby, Texas. They've never gone anywhere. Now you're being told you have to leave. Like they're just like, I don't know where I'd even go. So they're not worried about somebody scaling houses. They're but, trying to figure out what are we going to do. But if you ever somebody walk across a tent house, you hear every single footstep. And he wasn't even like walking. He was kind of like running across. And then second of all, you got to look at when he finds Rachel's father's house. Automatically, Rachel Foster come out the room, clean up, and he just jumped down out of right. the ceiling That's like ninja style, like, uh, here we go. And he goes directly to the room. Right. He didn't even go have to search the house. He just knew where she was. Yeah. It wasn't a struggle between, I'd rather for it to be a struggle between Rachel, dad, and, and him. And right. he kind of tied Rachel, dad up and then kind of go to the house and find out where Jessica was, which is automatic directly like, oh, I'm in the house. I ran across, no, first, <laughs> I entered the village. I ran across a couple of buildings. I, I landed in the house and I went in the room. Next right. thing I know, I'm back at the front gate. Come on. And yeah, he does get out. I mean, nobody caught him going in or going out. That's a great scout. Come on, writers. That Come was, on, son. I know. That was a little hard to believe. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so let's talk about Charlie. Oh. Charlie and the bounty hunter and Monroe. Sebastian. What do you think is going to happen between her and the bounty hunter? Um, nothing because she left him. I'm saying, but what did you, I thought they were going to, I feel like it's not over. I feel like it's going to. I think the relationship with Charlie and the bounty hunter, because first of all, they were kind of walking through the woods. And then he made up this story about, yeah, they have my dad hostage. That's what, that's why I want him alive. Because she's like, hey, you never take anything seriously. Right. And you know, they continue to talk, but his, and he's like, why do you want to kill Monroe so bad, so badly? She's like, yeah, because he killed, because he killed mostly half of my family. And so he comes up with this story rather quickly to tell <laughs> her. He's like, yeah, you know, you can't kill him because, he, they have my father hostage. If you want to see me, like, more it's like, yeah, you want to see me be seriously? Right. If you kill him, I'm going to have to kill you because they're going to kill my father and I'm not going to have my father anymore. So they kind of go through the woods and talk about this. But then all of a sudden, Sebastian Moreau comes out of nowhere. And clack, clack, his like, face. Oh, my gosh. I, that was unexpected. Very unexpected. Unexpected. I mean, he really came out of nowhere and just smashes the poor guy in his face. Yes. And um, he's got some good information for Charlie. And that is that not only is there a bounty for Sebastian Monroe, there's a bounty for Rachel Matheson. Rachel, yes. Because, of course, why would they want Rachel? She knows how to Again, do everything, right? She knows about the power because Randall Park told her that Rachel went rogue and Rachel's nowhere no, to No, no, Rachel found. didn't go rogue. I mean, I think they kind of knew. I feel like Randall went rogue. But Rachel, Rachel was, was working for the government. But she didn't, they never knew that they were going to be doing anything negative in the sense of we're going to shut down the electricity for the whole but, world. But you also got to look at the first season. Rachel and her husband, they was like, hey, the the program is not ready. You can't do it yet. But Randall said, oh, well, we have to do it now. And I know so what I'm saying. Kind of she didn't, okay, but she didn't go rogue. She followed directions. Okay, she went missing after the power went up. She didn't go missing. She, she tried to survive. Yeah, okay, she got captured by Monroe. <laughs> Okay, well, she, she, she willingly went to China, the so Monroe militia camp. And that's what we call it. 
Yes, it is. So, of course, we see that the the bounty is for her mother. So this now changes Charlie's whole mentality. The U.S. government wants my mother. Why? And then we see in the corner this little triangular symbol with an eye, which looks like an Illuminati sign. Kind of. Oh, my goodness. See, this is just true to life. I feel like there's some stories about life in this thing. I watch closely. (laughs) Right. So, of course, now we see that the U.S. government's looking real Illuminati-ish. They're now, they now have these bounties set out for people mm-hmm. with their Illuminati symbol. The guy that's with, um, Titus and the War Clan is part of this Illuminati-ish symbol. Yes. The, um, oh yeah, so of course they want, they've got the bounty, the, they're giving six ounces of diamonds per head. That's a lot. That's a lot in a society like this. And so, it's get the the ish is hitting the fan and Charlie I think now her her mission has changed from I must kill Monroe to I must warn my mother. Yes. And she she changes like that. I think I feel like she probably should have still killed Sebastian Monroe and then continued on her way to help her mom. Maybe. Why you don't think she should have Cause she's been trying to kill him. Just kill the dude. He's right here. Thank you for the information about my mother. Now I must kill you and go on my way. Well, let's ask our viewers. Hey, everybody, make sure you go to iTunes, um, download the At The Buzz app. Make sure you kind of rate us and tell us what you think. You have any questions or concerns or anything you want like for us to ask on uh, on our recap show, Revolution, please tell us. You can get it on your iTunes, your iPad, Android. Phones, phones smartphones. Smartphones, everything. So make sure you go to iTunes, At The Buzz TV. Yes, make sure you subscribe. Tell a friend, too. And I'm going to shout out some of you people on YouTube. Thank you for giving us comments and talking about... Um, we. I'm sorry, I forgot your name, but one of our viewers was talking about how he also thought that this this season is, is becoming a little more supernatural on Revolution. Oh, that's where you got that from? Huh? That's where you got that I did, I did, I okay. did. I love our viewers. Okay, so Rachel... Oh, excuse me. Um, Charlie tells... Monroe that either he can help like she doesn't want anything to do with him yes. she's like I'm gonna go don't follow me you can kill me if you need to whatever I'm just going about my way but you know we see that Sebastian Monroe wants to help because what else does he have to do but I think it's more so now because they're both are wanted by the same US government so it's 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 more of like let's kind of team up and kind of defeat the defeat those who are against us no but i don't think it's there yet i don't think she is literally charlie is just like i want to go i gotta warn my mom what he thinks is what he's but thinking. what he's thinking is okay i want to he has nothing to live for when you have nothing to live for right. it's kind of like well he doesn't care about life clearly he was g- being fought every night in new vegas like he doesn't care he's angry he, <laughs> so now he's, he figures okay if you're gonna go find rachel then i'm coming with you because more than likely miles is there he would yes. never leave her Right, and he's correct in that assumption, but I really don't know why. Because who wants to see you, I, Sebastian Monroe? No, we have a change of heart. Yes, I think it'll be nice. It's kind of like getting the Fab Four back together. Mm. Hooray with their superpowers! And the worst lightning bug superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we go back to Willoughby, Texas, and we see that now the scout has told Titus. Titus. Your wife's dead. They yes. lied to you. You see the seething anger in his eyes. You see the craziness come out. And um they're getting the last few people out, Aaron being one of them on one of the wagons. And um that's when all hell breaks loose. Yes. The War Clan busts in. They start killing people. 
And I had to laugh because did you notice how when the wagon that Aaron was on, and he he did pretty good. He was shooting people. I'll give it to him. He when they when they found a, a hiding place and they all jumped off of the wagon. Did you notice that he left that can and he started running? Like, oh yeah, he was. He had a, like, a, a small limp, but he ran like hell. And I was like, hold on, where's your limp? That's probably natural. I'm like, yeah, no, what I'm saying, if you really had a limp, there would have been some. I mean, but at the same time, you gotta look at it, someone's trying to kill you. Forget the limp. <laughs> forget, forget physical the, therapy. Forget, you the pain, <laughs> forget the limp. I'm just trying to survive right now, and, right. and that's what it was. And he kind of did the right thing to kind of help protect everyone, like to get them to safety and try to at least like. At least we can stay alive for a little bit longer. Right. I, and I give him that. Okay. Yes. I give him that. He tried to help. He's like, everybody go over here. So then we also see that um, Miles was trying to get the love of his life, Rachel Matheson, onto a cart. Yes. To get away as well. And she says she, does, she doesn't need a martyr, but she needs him. She kind of confesses her love for him in front of her dad. Right. But her dad always knew, though. Yeah. He, he said he, he could tell on her wedding day to his brother that, <laughs> that she was, that she's scandalous you like still, that. You love Miles. You love his brother. Right. It's kind of weird. Why? Because I'm dating you, but I'm in love with your sister. Really? What? It's the same thing as if I was dating a girl oh. and I was getting married to her, but I was in love with her sister. I wonder if they're going to show us in some flashbacks why she was so in love with Miles and not Ben. That'll be interesting. So, yes, we'll keep that in mind. Um, so, of course, we find out also that Miles has the same soft spot for her. He's just like, you know, I can't I can't protect you. I've got I'm one armed right now. Yes. And, you know, so. Um, they do pretty good though. I will say that as they're running away from the war clan, he, they fight really well. I'm, I'm yes. proud of, you know, Rachel's become a stone cold killer, but she's pretty decent with a sword. She's gotten better. <laughs> she's gotten better. <laughs> she, she, she did killed what she some could people. So I mean, she did what she could, but you gotta look at more of the marksmanship. Uh, Miles, he, he's a guy, he's trained professional. His job is to really to protect. And he did, he, he did as much he, he could possibly right. did. Rachel kind of got the bad end of the stick because, again, she got shot with the arrow, with the crossbow. It was like she got shot in the heart. It was above the heart. It was above that. the heart. You were measuring it with your yeah. measuring stick? Okay. Yeah, you know. Well, there you go. So, But I thought, like, okay, I thought she was a goner until they showed the previews yes. for the next week. Um, But, yes, we see that she's not dead, and it looks like Miles is about to die, too, because it looks like Miles is about to die. It looks like... um. Aaron and crew. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the government comes in and does what it does best. With with a semi-automatic rifle. Were those AK-47s? Yes. They were. I know my guns. What? But where do they get these guns, number one? Number two, how do they get there so fast? Again, I just think, like, when... The other guy was talking. I, I don't even know his name. Yeah, uh, Titus's right hand man, who we find yes. out is really running the shots. Yes. By the way, so when he was actually talking to him, I think it's more so that the government is around again, just like everywhere, like currently now. The government is around. Big everywhere. Brother is here. Where are always? You? They're listening so you gotta, to us. You got to kind of look at it that hey, we're here to protect, and that's what they're doing. And they knew about the small town. And again, like when he, when the guy told Titus on the bus, is like, "Hey, we're paying you to scare people. We're not paying you to kill people." And right. So overall, the government was there the whole entire time. You know, they just kind of take the back seat. But again, you never see them until it's safe. 
You said you never see who until it's safe. You never see like the soldiers or government like the rescue mission until it's like the last minute. And that's what happened. Right. And so, of course, they've been hovering the whole time um, because obviously Titus has gone off the deep end. His yes. wife is dead. He doesn't he's not living up to the agreement that he set with um, the U.S. government and he doesn't care. Um, I thought it was really crazy how he just got suffocated. And then here's the other question that I have. If they wanted to have Rachel alive and they were basically sending the war clan in to get her and to retrieve her, why can't they just do it themselves? They could, they could, cause clearly they're stealthy. They've got great weapons. They could have creeped in in the middle of the night, stole her, and nobody would have had to die. Nobody would have, have had to leave Willoughby. There must be something, not just Rachel, but something about Willoughby as well, that they need that place. I mean, I, I think Willoughby was just a place where, you know, Rachel kind of came back to, um, readjust herself to life again because of everything that happened in season one. Uh, because right. of her father was there, but at the same time, I think the government really don't know who Rachel Madison is. They know they Matheson. know the Matheson. They know the name, but they don't, they don't know her as a person. Because even in the next episode, you can see she's just kind of like walking around, hanging out, just chilling. No, I think they know who she is. That's why they want. Because again, this is we're. St- I mean, the government knows everything. They've been hovering for years. They are the ones that's responsible for the fact that the lights went out across the course. world. So they, this has been a plan that they've had in action forever, and we just don't know the reason. Okay. And for them to want Rachel, they could have easily just plucked her out and took her back to Washington, D.C. and had her at the White House doing some kind of crazy experiments, I guess. I, think, I don't know. I think the biggest thing about the government now is what they're trying to do. They're really trying to take over like specific towns to help build the towns up so they can right. basically proclaim themselves back on the U.S. Ter- on the U.S. soil. Because as you can see, when they came by the river, where Major Neville was, oh, cool, the government's here. We're going to pretty much proclaim it as uh, we're here to protect you and run everything in this little camp right now. And I think it's the same thing that they're going to do with Willoughby, Texas. As you can see on the next episode, they put the flag up. So, oh, this is our home. So we're reclaiming our home because we don't have yeah. the rebels uh, fight, fighting anymore because of the nuclear weapons. So we're here to protect you and anyone that's in the town pretty much. Again, we're the White House and y'all are our patrons. I just, I mean, it's just crazy how, and I just can't believe they got there so fast. And they're very, obviously the military's up and running. They've got uniforms. <laughs> they got the patches of the U.S. flag. They've got machine guns. Oh, they have transportation. They cool. had to. Because think about it too. Remember when Randall, and I think they still have electricity. I think they have, cause remember it how 12, in the, it was 12 pendants. There was, yeah. And they didn't recover all of them. Remember? There or was, did they? There's only like three. Three, yeah, they like never four. recovered all of them. So, of course, the government has to have some. So, yeah. they're probably, like, you know, using drones and stuff still. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They got amplifiers or something to help. Um, I, I think we're going to actually see a vehicle next episode. I hope so. We might. We might. But you know what else is crazy is that I think that... Um, I don't know. Okay, so I know the first blackout was deliberate. We know that much. We yes. know that the you the government had something to do with that. But now this second blackout, we we get to see, you know, we saw how um how it happened basically that the computer crashed mm-hmm. when Aaron was trying to stop the code from nuking the two cities. Um I don't know if that was deliberate. Do you think that was deliberate? I do think that think- was just pretty much like a backdoor for anyone who tried to stop um 
or reprogram the computers to basically to um, burn the computers out. And that's what happened. But then the lights went back out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You burn the computer out. But so the, what did that have to do? The, the computer wasn't powering the lights. It just was giving the command for the electricity. So basically, it, it, um, it probably burnt the program out. So that means the lights go out also. Because you have no sense of technology anymore. Everything is kind of taken away. Because you have to look at the program. It was actually programmed for him to basically to... Turn the nanites turn, on? Turn, to command the nanites. Turn the lights on again. And I think by burning out the computers, it turned the, it just burnt the program out. So then why wasn't there a bounty on Aaron's head then? They don't know. Who, I don't know. They know everything. Randall's telling them all the business before he shot himself. I don't know. They probably had those bounties before Randall even came into the picture. They probably wanted Rachel. They probably wanted Miles and Sebastian Monroe. So... Aaron probably just luckily kind of came into the picture and just so happened that he stayed alive. He actually created the program. So he remembered the program because he said he sold it. He was a program that he did when he was in college. So they don't probably, I don't know. This they don't is, think of him as being a threat. I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm just getting, I feel like I'm part of this now. I feel like I, I live there. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a world with no power. I do. I do. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to see what's going on for the next um, episode. Let's get into some predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so we see from the next, the preview mm-hmm. for next week, Rachel doesn't die. But of course not. She's but of a course star. Not. She's a star. So was her son. He, Danny died. Danny was not a star. He was. He was in like every episode until the end, until the he beginning. died. Exactly. Okay, so she doesn't die. And then we see that now the U.S. government is coming to save the day. Yes. They're setting up shop. Will it be Texas? And, and, um, the truth, I think, gets revealed. I, I think because Rachel is starting to put two and two together. They're, you know, they're noticing the Illuminati stuff, yeah. the ring that, that Randall had, and then it's kind of coming together. What do you think is going to happen? I think that Major Neville is really going to try to do something. Um, conniving mm-hmm. um, to really find out what happened to Jason to protect his son and overall I think Charlie's going to come back and see what happened to the town and again they're going to be on lockdown so Charlie won't be able to get in so she's going to have to sneak in mm-hmm. and I think we're going to find out that Miles last stew has a bounty on his head also oh yeah because we didn't see that Um, and I also think that obviously I mean it's pretty easy to tell i think monroe is just gonna follow charlie and kind of shadow her make sure she's safe i think she's probably gonna get into a little bit of trouble um because she thinks she's you know a badass going by herself and i think he's gonna kind of be lurking in the shadows to make sure she's okay but then he's gonna get to willoughby with her just to yeah i think he's definitely gonna have a major presence on the next episode right i think everyone's gonna join forces and fight together not quite no, they are. It might be for different reasons, but I think Neville's going to come back. Charlie, her her mom, Miles, Monroe. I think all they're going to be like super friends. Yeah. All, all <laughs> of them against the government. And they're going to use uh, Aaron's Jesus powers too. Exactly. <laughs> but, I, but also, I think with Rachel, um, even though she got shot, I think, again, she's going to have the same thing. Like She's going to be healed by next episode. Because everybody's starting to get supernaturally healed, like really quickly. It's just really. And then it was. Here's the other thing. No, Miles. Even him when he was fighting, he 
he was like really strong when I guess they were trying to to get Sarah out of the cages. He was so strong keeping the man at bay with his hand. broken hand. Really? Yeah. Cuz if somebody touches your broken hand, you're like, "Ah! How, how are they?" Ah! <laughs> and I didn't see that. He was just like, "Ah, I'm going to use this like it's my strong hand." You didn't see the facial expression. He was just like, "Oh, this hurt real bad." Yeah, do you not get, that's I've broken a leg before. You can't even touch a broken limb it's just painful never had those problems sorry whatever let's you know what where can they find you larice you can find me at true people's uh true people instagram facebook twitter yes and as always you can find me megan thomas on twitter instagram and facebook at meg scoop and don't forget thursday october 10th to check out once upon a time wonderland 8 7 central on abc every week every thursday you're gonna love this new series Right. Yes, ma'am. All right. Until next week, we shall see you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.